Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. I'm just ready this year for a fresh start, for God to do something new, for God to do something fresh uh, in, in my life and, uh, and in your lives and in the life of this church. This is the first service that we've had in nine months. Nine months. Just occurs to me that God was getting ready to maybe birth something, you know, and uh, we had to wait nine months for this service, but I think He's going to do something special. And I hope that you didn't have to change your New Year's plans too much. And because, uh, you know, everything changed in that day if you were living in the state of Victoria. And, uh, you know, I wonder how many people made New Year's resolutions. Did anybody here make a New Year's resolution? A couple people, right? There's a few of you that are putting up sneaky hands. It's like you don't want the people behind you to see that you did it. But, you know, I, I don't know if you, if you did make plans. It's actually around about this time of the year where people buy journals that they don't fill in and, and they start to make plans for how they're going to eat next year. You know, lose weight, all of that stuff. You know, it, te- it tends to come around. And I don't know, like, uh, because we've just come out of uh, this ISO experience, maybe that you have a little more work this year than you would ordinarily have had in previous years because, you know, it was hard to get to the gyms and all the rest of it. i tell you what we did. Uh, probably around about July, I just picked my New Year's resolution early because things were not going well for me. You know what we did? We, we actually started about 14 weeks ago. We started a, a meal plan uh, so I'm having like six meals a day. It's portion controlled. Um, we know everything that we're eating. I haven't snacked until Christmas Day. I hadn't snacked for like, you know, 12 weeks straight. And I bought something that has been the greatest thing that I've bought in a long time. I got a home gym and I had to, or it took about four months for the thing to come, but then I got it. And, uh, and so I've been, I've been working out like five days a week and everything and, and, and trying to eat right and, and, you know, like for me, the truth is, is that I wasn't too concerned about, it wasn't the weight thing so much. It was just more like, I, I wanted to get stronger, you know? And I've realized something that has been reiterated to me over the years. But if you want to get stronger, I wanted to get stronger. The only way it was going to happen is if I went out under that bench press and put on some heavy weights and I just started pushing it. And the only way that you get stronger is if you start training against the resistance that's coming against you. That's how you get bigger. That's how you get stronger. And so I don't know if 2020 was one of those years where you were just met with constant resistance. Like for some people, they had a great time. They enjoyed it. My kids loved it. I remember the first day we were taking them back to school. And I said, so guys, you must be excited to go back to school. They're like, could we just do ISO a bit longer, Dad? Just a couple months longer, you know, if it would be all right. Absolutely not. So, so you know, but the only way to do it is, is to get stronger, is to push against that resistance. And I want to share a message with you guys uh, today about getting stronger. I'm just going to, if you like message titles, it's just called Stronger. Okay, so you can write that down if you're taking notes. But, but uh, um, how many of you would want to see God's power at work in your life in 2021. I am left unconvinced by like 80% of what's happening here. Do you remember what I said about five minutes ago, right? How many of you, like honestly, let's, let's pretend it's just you and me and we're having an actual conversation. How many of you would want to see God's 
at work in your life this year. Come on. Man, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm the same as you. I need and I want to see God's work at power. So I want to read a scripture to you today anyway. It comes out of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. Abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And then it says, Amen. Amen is this word that we are supposed to proclaim together. Amen is a word that is used when you hear a good word and you know it comes from God and it's true and He's going to act on it and He's going to do it. Amen is a church word. It's an ecclesia word. So we're supposed to say amen together. Can we just do that? Say amen. amen. Come on, let's agree with God's word. I, don't, I really honestly, like I say, I don't know uh, what happened for you guys in 2020, uh, but I know that no matter how it went, I know that God is able to do abundantly abundantly Above what we ask or what we think. That's important because I've discovered that when you go through a season that's really difficult, you can start to downplay what God's power and capabilities are. It's easy to do. If you've gone through a tough season, you may, maybe what you do is you start to just ask God for a little bit less than what you would have if you didn't go through that thing. And so this... When I'm reading this, he says, you know what? He can do abundantly above what we ask or, or what we're even thinking. What do you think God can do with your year? That is a very good question to start this year. What do you think God can really do with it? Because if you're not thinking great thoughts of God, I don't know what you should expect in the year to come. You've got to begin with how you think about God and then how you start to pray and how you start to ask God for those things. And I don't know what you're asking for, but you know what I've discovered is that you can tell a lot about someone by how they pray. Like if, if it was just you and me and we were sitting down and I said, come on, let's pray together. And we started praying and I just listened to the kind of words that you use. I could tell a lot about where your faith is at. I could tell a lot about how you're going by the kind of words that you're asking. Come on, a lot of us are asking for different things. Well, hopefully we are. I don't know what the most pressing need is in your life. Like for some people, it's like, God, last year I lost my job and I, I, I need a new job or I, I've got bills that need to be paid or I don't know how I'm going to cover the school fees this year. Or I had a relationship that just was destroyed. I don't even know if it can come back to life. Like I, I don't know about these things, God. God, I need you to come and be at work in my life so that my health can begin to be restored. I want to be healthy again. I want, to, I want to be able to do things that I previously was able to do but can't presently in this season. Depending on how you pray will tell me how you're going in your faith. It'll tell me about the thoughts that you think and maybe the words that you speak. But Ephesians 3.20 is really God saying, that He's able to work power in your life. How many of you need that? I'll just go out in front then and say, I do. Because I absolutely need the power of God at work in my life. I need the power of God at work in my situations and, and, and all of my relationships. And I feel like, you know, you know, just when I say that, it doesn't mean that anything is going wrong in your life. 
Like, please, let's not get to the stage where we say, well, I don't really need God's help because nothing's really going wrong yet. Hang on, come on, rewind for just a minute, right? I, I need the power of God at work in my life primarily because I know that what He's calling His church to do is impossible without His help. And how many of you have things that you know are on your life, ministries and calls and gifts and graces and things that you need the power of God to be at work in you in order for you to see those things happen. Please don't wait for something to go wrong before you decide to need the power of God in your life. Ephesians 3.20 is God's power in response to Paul's prayer. That's what that scripture is. So if you've been in church for like 12 months, you've probably heard this scripture. It's a very famous scripture. People love this scripture. Come on. Like this, this is encouraging. Abundantly, more abundantly above that what we, we ask or, we, or think. That's amazing. But what that is, is it's a, it's a God response about His power to Paul's prayer. You've got to believe that God has power to change anything. If you don't have that, what will you say to Him? What are, you, what are you talking about with Him? What are you praying about? There has to be something inside of you that, that to a certain degree testifies to the fact that God has power. And largely, depend, you don't want to pin that on what you saw last week, last month, because we don't let what's happened behind us determine what's about to happen in front of us, okay? So this is God's power in response to Paul's prayer. Let me give you the context of that scripture because it's so famous and people love to use that scripture and, and I absolutely do too, but I wanna give you some context. Paul, the apostle, has written a letter. We say it's scriptures and it is, but it was just a letter that he wrote to the Ephesians. And he's wrote, written this letter to them from prison. Isn't that kind of amazing? That he's talking about all the power that God has. Where's he writing it from? I have a live audience today and I cannot understand what is happening. You have been sitting at home and watching church on your TV too long, right? So come with me, come on. Where is Paul when he writes this letter? Come on, I knew you were there. So, so he wrote this from prison, but he's talking all about God's power. Now, the reason that he's in prison is because he has been preaching the gospel. And many of you would know that the gospel is the greatest news that the world could ever hear. It is good news. It is the good news that even though you and I and anyone that's watching, we know that we're not perfect. Come on, everybody knows that they're not perfect. And that is God's standard for our lives. But even though we're not perfect, he says, I will forgive you of all of your sin. If by faith you believe that when Jesus died on the cross, he paid the penalty for all of your mistakes. And then you step into a relationship that is governed by grace. And that is good news. That, that's the gospel. So Paul has been preaching the gospel. He's in prison and he records his prayer so that whoever reads this can understand what really matters to him. That's why he wrote it down. 
Everyone can read this for all time. He's writing this from prison. Now we know what matters to him while he's in prison. So I want to read the part that came before Ephesians 20 so we can understand it. I just heard a baby. That is the sound of people in church today. <laughs> Praise God. Ephesians 3, 14 to 17. The little heading at the top of mine says, prayer for spiritual strength. In other words, prayer to make you what? Stronger. Stronger. This is the prayer for spiritual strength. He says in verse 14, For this reason, let me stop right there. For this reason, in other words, there is context before this. And what came before this, we're not going to go there for the sake of time today, but what came before this is everything that God had told Paul. So he received all this information. Paul had been in, he's in a relationship with God and God speaks to him and out of what God spoke to him about, out of Paul's depths of knowledge about the Scriptures and the grace of God, out of that, he knows what to pray for next. If you don't know what to pray for next or the direction that the Spirit of God is taking you, the best thing that you can do is what Paul did and have a relationship with God. And when you've got a relationship with God, now you start to know where God is wanting you to go and what God is wanting you to do. You can start to read the Scriptures and the Word of God and then you know if you're praying in alignment with what He really wants for your life. So He says, for this reason. Now, it's important for you to know something. Just because something is in God's will doesn't mean that you get it without asking. Now, God is completely sovereign, but He's still planning on your asking. So if you're not asking, He's not giving. And if you're not asking, He knew you weren't going to ask, so He was not going to give it to you, but He has something for you. But you've got to begin to pray to get what He wants to give you. That's how the relationship with God works. So He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant, now listen into this next part, you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner beings. We're not talking about muscles on the outside. This is muscles on the inside so that Christ might dwell. Everyone say dwell. dwell. So that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith. It goes on, I'm gonna leave it there. I only ever pray about things that matter to me. I never find myself in the middle of a prayer thinking, I don't really care about this. Why am I even saying this? I don't know if that's ever happened to me. I've never found myself just in communication with God and saying, you know what, I really, you know what, just forget all that stuff I just said. I, I don't even care about this. I, I, I never do that. I only pray about the things that matter to me. I only pray about the things that I really honestly care about. You know, my, my kids, they're better at praying now, but especially when they were younger, I always knew what mattered to them when we would go in and pray with them at night. So we do our prayers with our kids every night um, when they're going to sleep. And I would say, guys, what do you want to pray about tonight? And they would come up with things like, Dad, I, let's pray. I want to pray for the Amazon rainforest that is currently, trees are being logged. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's important. 
sure, we can pray for that. Absolutely. And God, I want to pray for, I pray that all the, this is true. You, I'm not even making that. I pray for all the sloths that are currently have no homes, God. I pray that, that, that you would just, I pray for the sloths, God. And I pray for, uh, you know, tree frogs and, and, and bugs and, and all the insects that are going to lose it. And I, this just goes on. And I think those things are important too, but this is, this is the depth. This is the level that they go to. God, I pray that my cactus wouldn't die. And like, you know, just this is the kind of stuff that they're saying, right? And I would suggest other things. You know, guys, the other thing is uh, there are people in the world and, 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 and people that are homeless and people that are poor and destitute. And, and um, there are people in our church that, that are sick in their bodies. And we, we could pray for all of those things too. And, and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they weren't like, don't be offended, but they weren't really interested in that. They weren't really too interested in praying for those things, right? So then it would come to my turn to pray. Now, everything that they said, I knew where their hearts were at because I could hear the sound of their prayers and I knew what mattered to them. Now it's my turn to pray because I would, I would close in prayer. I'm a good closer. So I would say things like, especially if, I, if we had had like a particularly, like one heck of a day with the kids, if you know what I mean, you know, like, and, and, and we were just like, they didn't do anything that we asked today, you know, or, or like they are trying to learn how to, so I would, I would begin to pray things like this. Dear Lord, I pray that our kids would be obedient. <laughs> oh Lord, let them listen to their mother and let them listen to their father, right? Now they're there. So I'm saying it out loud because I want God to, please answer my prayer. But I'm saying it out loud because I want them to know what I think about that situation. God, let them be obedient. I pray in Jesus' name that they would learn how to put a dish away. I pray in Jesus' name that, that, that when they've eaten dinner, they would scrape off their plate and put it straight in the dishwasher in Jesus' name. Are there any parents here today that someone's just put it? Yeah, you receive, receive that word. So, so, so this is the thing. Like, I would pray these prayers out loud because I wanted them to know what I thought was important. Paul the Apostle is doing the exact same thing. How many of you have written your prayers out? I don't know. If you write everything that you say out, I don't do that. But Paul did. He wrote out his prayer so the people that were reading it could read what he prayed for and then they'd know what God's power was in response to. That's why he did that. Now he opens with this part. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees. I don't know how you pray. I can tell you right now that I'm probably not one of those people that kneels by their bed with their hands folded like this and just, you know, prays like that. I, I, I don't really do that. Um, I don't know how you pray. I don't know. I like to walk around and, and you know, that's how, that's how I pray and listen to some music. And so you've got your own style. But you know what? For, for Jewish people, uh, traditionally, historically, the way that they would pray is they would pray standing up. So when Paul writes, for this reason, I bow my knees, he's saying this really matters. This is incredibly 
important. And he asks this, and I'm going to summarize for you. He says, let them be strengthened with power through the Spirit. And he adds, so that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, this is a little weird, isn't it? I don't know if you just caught that. He says that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith. And it's weird because he's writing to Christians. Did you, did you, did you catch that part? Why would Paul the Apostle need to write to Christian people and he really means it. Think about how serious he is about his prayer. Why would he need to write to Christian people that Christ would dwell in their hearts? Come on. Like when you say the prayer, like the prayer, the salvation prayer, like Jesus coming to my heart, right? When you say that, is that not? Oh, I hope that for all the Christian people that Christ dwells in their hearts. Well, Charles Hodge says this. He says, the indwelling of Christ is a thing of degrees. There are degrees of faith. There are degrees. There are some people that have less and some people that have more. See, the, the thing about having a relationship with God, it, it doesn't happen by just believing that He exists. Now, just think about this for a moment. The devil believes that God exists. The devil believes that He exists. So we shouldn't make belief in God's existence our ultimate goal. If belief in God is your ultimate goal for your faith, I, I'm going to break something to you today. And I don't know if you're going to feel this or not, but the devil has more faith than you. He absolutely believes in the existence of God. He knows who He is. And I don't know if I would say, if it goes far as enough to say that He respects the fact that He exists, but he, he actually tries all of His plans around God because He knows God's power. Imagine that, a devil with more faith in God's power than people. So when you get a person that believes in God, but doesn't expect any of God's power in their life or anything, we would have a word, I would have a word that I would use for that. We might just go ahead and call those people unbelieving believers. And that's weird, right? Unbelieving believers. People that believe in God's existence, but have no expectation of His ability. And... and I, if I was to sit down with those people and we were to pray, I bet I could hear it in their prayers. I would hear it by the way they pray because, you know, an unbelieving believer will start a prayer like this. Dear God, I don't even know if you're listening today. I, he's always listening. I don't even know if you're there. That's an unbelieving believer. God, God, God is everywhere. God, I don't even know if you care about my life. Now, this is weird because they're praying to God and the words are directed to Him, but everything they say is contradictory about Him. So this is the prayer of the unbelieving believer. I don't know if you're listening. I don't know if you care, but you know what? I just figure I'll just say these words anyway. I'm just going to pray anyway, and hopefully you start to answer some of my prayers. Listen, Faith isn't just the assurance of hope. It's also the assurance of God's character. 
That's what faith is all about. It's not just believing that he exists, but that he's good and that he's everything that he says he is. It's like, honestly, you just got to turn up the dial. Start to live like you believe. Start to live and put your life in alignment with the faith that you're supposed to have. Paul writes this letter to the Ephesians and he had two choices for the Greek word dwell. And we know he knew both because he uses one in Ephesians earlier. So he has two choices for the Greek word dwell. This is really important. The first word that he could have used is a word that means his temporary dwelling. Temporary dwelling. So I don't know if you've ever been camping, right? But Man, let me, we went camping a couple years ago. And, and when we went there, if, if I surprised my wife by saying, who was not really keen to go in the first place, but imagine if we got there and I said, babe, you remember that house that was weighing us down? It's gone. I've sold it. We have no mortgage anymore. Welcome to your new home. <laughs> How do you think she would feel about that? How do you think my marriage would go? If, if I said that, not, not well, not well. Sweetheart, we have a Lilo and uh, it's a double sleeping bag. Come on, what do you want? Like uh, the kids have got their own separate zip off space. It's, it's everything that you've always wanted. And, and when we go outside, we have a gazebo and, and your kitchen, it was too big. Now it's that little desk over there in the corner that we are that fold out makeshift desk. And that's where you'll be preparing all of our food, right? Like there would be something about that that would not go well for me. But if, if you saw that, you say, well, it's kind of okay for a couple of weeks, but come on now. No, we're not going to live like that permanently, right? None, that's not a permanent thing, right? Paul says you can have a temporary, temporary dwelling place. But the verb that Paul uses is one that is permanent residency. Christ is supposed to dwell and it's meant to be a permanent residency. Here's my point. He's meant to be with you all of the time in your life all of the time. He's not just there when you need a car park because the car parks suck at Christmas time and you really need him right now in that moment. Or because suddenly something went wrong and suddenly you, you need a job because you lost your job. So suddenly, God, would you just mind, if, if it's okay with you, could you just move in temporarily into my life? I know I didn't need you in the last couple of months, but life sucks now. So come on, if you could just move in really quickly, I would really, really appreciate that. I scratched the car. I don't want my wife to find out. Could you just, in Jesus' name, just cover it over. Just, I cover this. I cover this cover it. I cover it now. Like, like, you know, like if you're just inviting Jesus in every time there is a drama or a situation, that means he has a temporary dwelling place in your life. And Paul says, that's not the kind of dwelling that will make you stronger. If you want to get stronger, he needs to be there permanently. It needs to be deeper than that. And, and here is the truth about your relationship with God. He says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. But that doesn't mean that you can't ignore Him. He'll never leave you, but you can ignore Him all the time. 
And how many of you have, have said in the morning, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to pray. And then you didn't get a good night's sleep and you hit the snooze button and you slept in and now you don't have time to get to work. And so now you just kind of skip it. I'll do it later. And that's what you say, right? Later on that morning, about 10.30, you didn't get an email from God saying, hey, I was waiting for you. Where were you? Uh, you didn't get an SMS that said, hey, I thought we had plans. There I was waiting for you. You never get the email and you never get that SMS because the sad reality is, is if you ignore Him, He will just let you. You're not going to get stronger doing that. You're not going to get stronger constantly ignoring the one that gives you strength. See, the, my, the whole point of this, of this message is if you want His strength, you need His Spirit. If you want His strength, you need His Spirit. It's a package deal. It comes together. You don't get the luxury of having Jesus come in and be the temporary dwelling place and then strength when you need it doesn't really work that way. If you want to get stronger, you need to make His presence permanent. Don't treat your heart like an Airbnb and have Him come and just move in at a time when it suits you and then rent your heart out to all the other things that are happening in your life. Oh, but I need you to move in now. That means that Jesus just has a temporary dwelling place in your life. But that's not the life that God is calling you to. That's not the one that He has for you. If you want to get stronger, let's think about that if, even physically. If you want to get stronger and, and I don't know what your plans are this year, but let's say you do go to the gym just once a month. You are not going to get stronger. It's not going to happen. You'll hurt for a couple days after, but you're not going to increase in terms of your strength. It's not going to happen for you. And then there are these people like you go to the gym and, and, and they're there, but they're so distracted while they're there. You're waiting for the squat rack and they're just on Instagram. Nothing is getting squatted in that rack. And you're like, when will you just get out so the rest of us can get on with the job and start to do something, right? Not my problem, home gym. Praise the Lord. Amen. But there are people that start to get into the space and then all they're doing, maybe get before God and now all you're doing is really redesigning your home. I can't wait till we could just, I want to move, I'm going to shift things around and put a TV over there. It's like, you're so distracted. You're there. You're just, you're completely distracted where, while you are there. That's, that's not how you get stronger. It needs to be regular. It needs to be permanent. That's what you're supposed to be doing. So here's what you need to do. Because if, if I say you need to get stronger and you say practically, and I'm a very practical person when it comes to faith. So, so if you say, all right, what, is it, what do you mean? Like, how do I do that? Pray. You just, you pray. How, do you, how does any relationship that you have get stronger? You pray. You just spend time together. And, and the more time you spend with God, the difference it'll make in your life. See, when you pray His, you, and, and you get into His presence, that's when you get His power. And you know, when we talk about power, I could leave it there full stop and everyone has a different idea about what that means. What do, you, what do you mean His power? Like lightning bolts out your fingertips and all kinds of stuff. What does that, what does that mean? 
Well, sometimes God's power in your life is just a word that He speaks that completely redefines your situation. And you see His power at work because up until that moment, you saw life one way, you saw your circumstance one way, and now suddenly He speaks a word and you see everything different. That's, that's part of God's power at work in your life. Sometimes His power at work in your life is when you feel so depressed and you feel like maybe you are the valley of dry bones, like my spiritual life is done, it's shut, I have no idea what's gonna happen. And instead of Him coming along and just beating you down, you get a word of encouragement. Do you know that the Spirit of God is an encourager? I feel like some people think that the reason God exists is just to beat them up about the stuff that they do wrong, right? No, 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 He comes and He encourages you. That's like power in your life because now suddenly you feel bigger on the inside. It's okay. This is not going to hold me back forever. I messed up, but I can move on. It's okay. God's power is at work within me. Let me tell you something else. Sometimes God's power does come through His conviction because how can you move on while you're still stuck in the same place? Sometimes you need to know what's wrong before you can move on. And then there are moments where God will just come and just straight out full-blown miracles happen. And that is absolutely God's power. And we see His power all of the time. We want to see more of His power at work in our lives. It's these things that make you strong. So yeah, He is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think according to the power that's at work within us. And we should all say amen to that because we agree with His Word. We agree that He's good. We agree with His character. We agree that He can do abundantly above what we're asking and what we're thinking. And I promise you this, out of last year, there are people that are thinking too small. There are people that aren't expecting enough because they have lowered their faith to the level of their experience. This Scripture says, don't ever do that. He can do abundantly and above what you're asking or thinking. Now, if you want to know if you're asking or thinking, right, pray. Because the more time that you spend with Him, the more time you spend in His Word, the more time you spend in His presence, you know what to ask for. Now your prayers are in alignment with His will and you get what He wanted to give you, but it's because you were there to ask for it in the first place. Do you see how the whole thing works? It all makes sense now. And it's all tied back to this relationship that you have with your Saviour, Jesus. It's all tied back to Him. You want His power, you got to have His Spirit. Some people want His power without His Spirit. They just want to rent some space in their heart when they have a problem. Come on, don't do that in 2021. Don't do that in 2021. If, you, if I was to say to you this morning, hey, if you want this year to go really well, the best thing that you can do. And it's so simple. Spend more time with your Savior. Spend more time with Jesus. And the more time you spend, I believe the more power you'll see. I, I think this, if you spend time with Him and He has a permanent dwelling place in your heart. I'll make you this promise. You will see His power this year. You will see His power this year if He's here permanently. Why don't you stand at your feet? I want to pray.
Let's make this really simple today. Whether you're here in person or online, it doesn't matter. God knows where you are. He knows what's happening in your life. He knows what's happening all around you. Here's what I wanna do. I wanna pray that this year that you will feel His strength, that the things that looked dry and the things that couldn't be restored, that maybe it's because you've been trying to do it in your own power. That's not what this is about. It's all about Him. It's all about His power at work within you. If you have a situation, a season that you're in, any circumstance that needs the power of God right where you are, why don't you raise your hand? You can do it here or you can just even do it online. It doesn't matter. Just raise your hand right now and say, this is me because God sees you. God sees you. Father, I just pray for everybody here that says, God, I need your power at work in my life in 2021. Lord, don't let one person rent out their heart as a temporary dwelling place for you. But I pray, let there be a permanent residence. I pray, God, that you would constantly dwell in their hearts. And as they lean on you, and as they listen to you, they know what to pray for. And I pray your power would come at work. In Jesus' name, restore relationships, bring to life things that have been broken for a long, long time. I pray your grace upon grace, upon grace, upon grace to be upon every single person who says, I need it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.